And she's going to be she's going to be hosting this next segment of who we are. So thanks, Emerald. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you all for being here. Um, like he said, you are the light. And I think every person in this room will agree with me when we say that we live in a very, very different country than we did on November 2nd, 2020. I can remember on November 3rd standing on that White House lawn. Now, I already had a sinking feeling because they had telegraphed ahead of the election that they were at least going to do mail-in ballot fraud. But I knew nothing about the machines that day. But I started getting calls from friends, particularly in Georgia, saying, I want to vote, and there's something about these machines. I don't know if I voted who I voted for. And I started learning that day. And I learned a lot, as all of you all have since then. And I think about where we are now because of that. It's like a, a, a switch was flipped, right? I had a, a conversation this week with someone who had been a mentor, someone who is well-respected in recent American history, who went and, and was stationed in, in Russia and Siberia in the Cold War and thought he was fighting for American values and that everyone would continue to fight. And he was sitting across from lunch at me. He'd been a mentor, and he would always end every conversation with me with, Amer Emerald, go be a good American. And I would try to do that, but I didn't know really what that meant until November 3rd, 2020. Not really. And he looked at me the other day, and he said, Emerald, what has happened to our country? And I saw the hurt and the pain. And he, like Mike has told me this week, said, it's not that we have changed. There are good Americans out there everywhere. There are, all of you good Americans are here today, but our country has changed. But we're in this fight, and there's lots of people in this fight. And so I was so glad when Mike asked me to lead this panel because, or, or this segment, because I get to talk to some good Americans who have sacrificed a lot because they refuse to just shut up. I mean, I remember being in that White House press corps. I was heckled. I was one of less than five actually looking at election fraud. And it's not that they didn't know it happened. They would conveniently act ignorant. They saw what I saw. It was obvious, right? It just didn't add up. But no one wanted to go look because many of them just didn't want to face the repercussions because it's a sacrifice. So today we're going to find out who are we? Who are the people who continue this fight? And what are they giving up? So with that, I'll let uh, this video take it away, and then we'll get to our first guest. The following presentation, the following presentation has been rated P for propaganda. Welcome to your safe and secure voting center. Meet Chad. Hi, I'm Chad. He's eager to participate in his civic duty, and I am really looking forward to voting today. Chad is voting in the most secure, state-of-the-art, democratic, digital voting system ever. Wow, I feel like I just voted in the most safe and secure election ever. I have a recurring dream about a theater and a movie that keeps the people asleep. A feed. I'm awake, they're not. The 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. 
There was a time I had a classroom and could teach students to discern truth from lies. But the classroom was taken away. He must get vaccinated or get tested weekly and wear a mask in the classroom. There was a time I had a courtroom and could convey truth to a jury. But that's been taken away too. I say this is someone who has had not one complaint, not two complaints, not three complaints, but five complaints and five investigations to strip me of my law license. What happened? November 3rd, 2020. A rigged election and the greatest false flag in our country's history was perpetrated to cover it up. Uh, do you have any knowledge of Ray Epps being a secret government agent? Uh, no. Uh, I will say this notion that somehow the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and agents uh, is ludicrous and is a disservice to our brave, hardworking, dedicated men and women. So I travel trying to wake as many people up as I can, but I can't reach enough. I'm running out of time. And my dream of reaching people and cutting the feed often feels like a nightmare. But if I could cut the feed, if I could undo the damage, if I could expose the lies. There's still a disconnect with most Americans that don't associate what happened on November 3rd, 2020, with January 6th. But the reality is everyone that's rotting in there right now is in there because of what happened on November 3rd. The way they chain you up unnecessarily, they totally rattle you. They were doing something that was wrong to an American citizen. I put my SIMS card back in my phone. Two unmarked cars pull in, surround me at the recycling center. Somebody sprayed me with something that was very toxic to my eyes. They were forcing us to the opening. I kind of had to sit somewhere because I couldn't see. My son has never been in trouble um, his whole life. Now finds himself with two felonies, no rights, and been locked up for two and a half years. A weapon to carry out the theft of our voices. In the most simple of terms, a proprietary black box. A modern day slave master that nobody sees or is convinced that doesn't exist. The chains are invisible, but the property it acquires is unspeakable. It snatches up our votes, and our votes are our voices. How much election fraud do you think is real? Here we go, Joe. You want to go to election fraud? There's a lot of shenanigans. There's, and I think there's coordinated efforts to make sure that certain people get elected. Our team documented in Antrim external access to the EMS by an anonymous user, okay, with no credentials. That means they had full access to all of that software that was on. If they want to download that software, figure out how to subvert it, get back in, make changes, they can do anything they want to. So not only is it not a fair election, it is a tightly controlled election that is completely predictable. County sheriff, county recorder, they all 
had a two to one slope, started from the high value and went predictably down to the lower value. The same curve appears on Dominion and Hart InterCivic and Clear Ballot and Smartmatic. In China in particular, they advance persistent threats. Some of them are massive organizations. I'm, I'm talking about organizations with 12,000 or more people. They have whole campuses. They're larger than you know, many U.S. universities, larger than many U.S. defense organizations. And they are solely focused on the exploitation and penetration and infiltration of U.S. and Western technology. You have to understand the premise behind election. The elections are supposed to be fully transparent and auditable. I mean, that's written into the law. What I'm saying is nobody's following the federal law, including the vendor. It's really simple. They know who voted. They shut it all down. They know who didn't vote. Comes back up. I went to Washington, D.C. on January 4th, 2021, and I met with counsel for Pompeo. How much surprise do you think was on his face? None. I think I've said previously that when the vice president made the certification and the litigation was complete, it was complete. So we went around to 20% of the households in Otero County and there were big problems with the record. You might walk up to someone's door who has a gun in your face and they would do America proud to blow your brains out. Makes me more resolved to get to the bottom of it because what we've done is we've left people like that in charge of the country. When we get calls all hours of the night and have to constantly look over your shoulder every time you get off a plane or into a neighbor. Push me. We won't quit. Even if you kill me, I will come back and haunt you. They will never shut me up and kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. If Donald Trump's providential, aren't you providential? Ask yourself why you're here. What exactly did you do wrong to be treated like a dangerous criminal by your government that you pay for? Well, we don't know because the warrant doesn't say. If you arrest me, I can call my lawyer. But if you don't arrest me, I can't call my lawyer and you can steal my livelihood here? Actually, we Newsmax have not been wait, able to verify wait, any of those wait allegations. Wait, you're, you're, Mike, oh, hold on a second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about... What we're considering here is to reconsider how to rewrite this so it's not going to throw us all in jail. And, and why are you scared of going to jail? Who's threatening you with jail time? That's our point. Um, I vote aye under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote aye or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. If you support the alternate electors, please stand up. Next speaker, please. Next speaker, please. I'm the next speaker. I'm going to render my time. As of right now, Donald Trump is facing 78 charges spreading across three indictments. Former President Donald Trump returned to Washington, this time under a federal indictment for allegedly trying to steal an election. We are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. It's not the politician you want to win, it's you. It's you, you are the red wave, you are the red sea. God won't part it the way that he did before because he has delegated his authority to the body of Christ to move. And when you move, you are unstoppable. But if I could cut the feet, if I could undo the damage, 
if I could expose the lies. God help us. Free us from the machines. Free the J6 prisoners. Please God, let my people go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Professor David Clements. We are days away from the Durban Accords, the greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international supercurrency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. Good to meet you in person. Wow. That was really, really powerful, Professor Clements. Um, this is our first time meeting in person, so I'm really excited about this. Maybe a, <laughs> a little fan here. Um, that, that's really great. Um, they, you know, I'm just going to start with this, with what, and then we want to. I want to get to who you are, but first I want to start with what uh, the corporate media refers to you and who they say you are, which is the leading election denier. Now, what they don't realize is that's a badge of honor, right? That's the top badge of honor in our book. Uh, so now let's get to who you were before November 3rd, 2020, because you have quite the resume. You're a law professor. We're a law professor. Yeah. <laughs> we're, um, you, you were a trial lawyer. You actually were credited with the securing eight first-degree murder convictions, including members of the Arizona Boys Drug Trafficking Organization. And a lot of you probably know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was a very 
uh, promising career, and uh, I will say that I had an amazing team in New Mexico where we, we did our work. But I oversaw six law enforcement agencies, and, and that's why November 3rd struck me the way that it did, was um, I've seen the criminal element, and I've seen people try to cover up their crimes. And once you can connect the fact that just because you're wearing a suit, just because you've got a D by your name and an R by your name, doesn't mean that you can't commit a crime. And this just happens to be the greatest crime in our nation's history, the, the theft of our voices. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what amazes me is looking at your resume and background and then colleagues of yours with similar resumes and backgrounds, how it's just not obvious. So walk me through, you saw this, right? You saw this, you start speaking out. You're immediately attacked. Your life pretty instantly changed, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, before November 3rd happened, I, I was dealing with the critical race theory uh, takeover of the university. And I was the actually the sole faculty senator out of 67 senators at my university that refused to say that my university was institutionally racist. So it was a very lonely place. And then November 3rd happened, and every Marxist professor in the university basically went after me. And at this point, I wasn't on social media anywhere. And I ended up uh, responding to my university president, who described uh, January 6th as the great coup. And he referred to Trump voters as the equivalent of, of domestic terrorists. And so I had to speak at that point. And as soon as I did, I knew it was effectively tendering my resignation because I knew what was going to come. And so for the next few months, I had to go through, um, they call them the, the Marxist, it's like a Marxist tribunal, it's the Office of Institutional Equity, because I committed microaggressions by, uh, by virtue of showing up on Tucker Carlson's show or, or talking with Steve Bannon, all, all of a sudden I'm this monster. And that followed me all the way through uh, to where they renewed the jab policy and a lot of people don't know this, I'm actually a subject matter expert on consumer protection. So there's no way that I can teach my students, it's okay, waive your rights, go ahead uh, and take something that there's no literature on, just get jabbed. I couldn't do it. And so I was afforded the most prestigious teaching award that my college has to offer. And the very next day, because I wouldn't show up to convocation with a mask, I was suspended and two months later I was terminated. Yeah. You know, one thing we've learned through this as well is a lot of the people who spoke out about mass mandates or irrational COVID guidelines are also the people who are willing to kind of step up and push back or say this election doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's but in both situations, I, I don't even feel like you have to be an attorney, though you might be better at, uh, giving your argument as to your positions than the rest of us. But it's just common sense. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. My profession has absolutely failed the American people. I mean, shame on the attorneys out there. You can't. You drive down the road and you'll see billboard after billboard after billboard of ambulance chasers that will try to help you out if you get a fender bender. But when you've got people dropping dead from this gene modification therapy, where are they? They're nowhere to be found. So there's a handful. You've got great uh, people like John Eastman. You've got great people like Sidney Powell. You've got people out there, but there's, they are so few. And, and uh, I'm hoping that this event will inspire attorneys to finally, you know, find their cojones and, and get out there. 
often do you hear from colleagues, I have to wonder, are there some that are just afraid that they're going to lose their license, they're going to get targeted the way you are and say, look, David, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I think there's something too, but I can't speak out. Well, that's probably the most difficult thing is there, there have been colleagues that I, I've had dinner at their houses. Our kids have played together. And as soon as I spoke out, they dropped me. <laughs> and uh, these are, these are I mean, I had two former business law colleagues that privately agreed with me. So we agree with everything. And as soon as it was time to, to put up or shut up and stand with me, I actually had private Zoom meetings with other university folks, and I was pleading with them, if we do this together, if we stand together, we can keep our jobs. It didn't happen, so I was the one person that was, was let go. And what really bothered me was the two business law professors were former Marines. I couldn't believe that, that they would rather live to fight another day, so to speak, and you got someone that looks like me, being, being the poster child for whatever. And um, I was dismissed. And uh, it's, that, those have been the most painful moments, is that almost every close friend that I had, I don't have relationships with them. I've got uh, family members that are estranged. Um, but the truth is the truth. And uh, what I can tell you is uh, I found better friends. You all. The, 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 quality, the quality of the friends, the Patriot class, I've never regretted this because I, I can't believe that we know each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I would... I would absolutely agree with that. It, it's amazing. And, it, it, and I don't know if you found, but I just found that the, the people who wanted to drop me, who dropped me, I would have thought I was closer to or had better work relationships with, even maybe more aligned even in our way of thinking, that dropped me. And then the people that I became friends with, we were so different. And even the work colleagues that, you know, we were just so different. Well, it's, it's one of those things where we all are connecting and there's an authentic connection here because you've suffered together. And there's something about that shared experience where we know, especially when you come to a place like this, where you got people from all 50 states, it's a family. And um, every year that we've come back here from the symposium to the True Summit, every time I, I meet you all again, you're tougher, you're more resilient, you're more committed. And that's the affirmation that I need, is that I know that there's going to be no quit. There's no quit. We're going to win. We're going to win. So I know we're talking on who we were, but since we debuted that clip from your film, I do feel like while we have a little time left, we have to talk about this production because a I, I love visuals and it's just a beautiful production but you really tell all aspects of the story of not what, what just you went through what everyone went through plus the evidence plus moving forward it looks like to me and I've not gotten to see the full film but that's how I take it yeah I, I see this film as we have the exact opposite problem of say 2000 meals 2000 meals focused on the ballot stuffing, and it's a microcosm of a greater theft. 
And they had about an hour and a half to distill that story, and it was very powerful. Our problem is we're trying to synthesize the entire input-to-output theft and make it compelling and easy for you to share. And uh, the the hero in the story isn't me. It's actually we the people. It's It's got to be you. You have to be the Red Sea. And, um, and so I hope that we can honor all of the fighters. And you'll, you'll see there's so many people in this film that you, you've never heard of, you've never heard from. And they are the, the grunt laborers. They are the people that actually make this thing go. So I'm excited. We'll have it out to you all soon. I can't wait to see it. I have to say that what really struck me and resonated with me was that moment when you're standing in the crowd and you, you talk about being awake and looking around and no one's awake because that's exactly how I felt that day. And, the, and you know what I'm encouraged by is that I don't feel as much that way anymore because everywhere I go, there's more awake people. And that's thanks to people like you, Professor David Clements. Thank you. Thank you. We're good. He's like, am I off the hook? Am I off the hook? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we definitely appreciate your time, uh, Professor David Clements. We appreciate everything you do, and we cannot wait to see this film. Thank you and your wife, Erin, as well. Thank you, Emerald. It's a pleasure to meet you. God bless you all. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Captain Seth Keschel. Captain K, it's so good to see you. If you don't know, I call him Captain K because I follow his great Substack, and he's always one that I look forward to coming into my inbox. It's the Captain uh, Captain K's corner, so if you don't do that, I, I recommend that. Um, but maybe you do, and you don't know a lot about his background, so that's why we're here. Before Donald Trump put you on the map, sort of, <laughs> what was your okay, life like? Okay, welcome back uh, to the War Room. We are here. We're going to go back to the main stage in a second. Uh, Captain Seth Keschel is up to go through some uh, some of the data and some of the uh, breakdown of the statistics. Uh, he is being interviewed by Emerald Robinson of, uh, of Lindell TV, Frank's speech. Very powerful speech from Mike Lindell to kick things off. Then a very powerful video that was taken offline in the early days. I think it was in November of 2020 or December of 2020. Then we just had uh, Dave Clements throughout the day, Ken Paxson, other speakers to break it down. We're here for the next two days. Let's toss it back to the main stage. Seth Kestrel is going to walk through the statistics and the analytics of the stolen election of 2020. One thing I really admire, Lindell, Emerald Robinson, the entire election summit up in People's Grill. The 2020 election was stolen and Joe Biden's illegitimate. Let's go back to the main stage. Emerald Robinson and Captain Seth Kestrel. To me and a nephew who's still in, he just made major. So we've got this streak of almost 60 years of military service together. So I pursued the same path in the mid-2000s. I became an Army intelligence officer, and it took me, it took me a, a long path to find that traction as well. I was supposed to be an artillery officer. The Army found out that I'm pretty much deaf in my right ear and rebranched me to MI. It just so happened that that gave me a front row seat to analyzing large chunks of information and data over a wide geographic range, so Afghanistan, Western Afghanistan is the size of Georgia. 
condensing that information and giving what we call actionable intelligence to commanders who actually make decisions on the battlefield. So I've been prepared for what I'm doing today for a long time. Just like what David said beforehand, everything in your life has prepared you for where you are now if you look back and see it. And then I got out of the Army in 2013. I was a captain, did six years, and I went off into oil and gas and moved to the Houston, Texas area. And oil and gas does its thing. People get bounced all the time, laid off. I'm sure any of you who've been in energy know about this. And I hopped around to other fields. I've been in nursing administration as a data analyst, and I was also in transportation sales. And that was what I was doing up until the 2020 election. In 2016, you can actually look this up on AmericanThinker.com. You can look up Seth Keschel in October of 2016. And the article is cut. A lot of my analysis is pulled out of it. But in that article, I predicted all 50 states correctly in the 2016 election as they landed. So I called the Trump electoral victory because I understood these electoral trends. Those of you who have joined us from the industrial Midwest understand that all these trends were present starting around the 2010 midterms into the 2012 election. And that's why you saw the enthusiasm for Trump, which flipped those states. And they were absolutely stronger trends in 2020. And that's why the election issues in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota are so obvious. And in the 2020 election, I was a transportation technology salesman. And I was responsible for pretty much the entire North American continent. My travels that year had been cut short because of the, the response to COVID, which was, of course, draconian and heavy-handed. But around the summertime of 2020, a lot of people in my life asked me if I could replicate my findings from 2016, just, just for, for a hobby, really. And I invested thousands of dollars in these predicted markets, just because I was so confident that Pennsylvania was not only going to go to Trump, it's going to go to Trump by about six points or more. Very clear. So when the 2020 election happened, I watched Florida move off to the right, and it became a three-and-a-half-point Trump state. Of course, if you've listened to my stuff, Every time Florida moves to the right, Pennsylvania and Michigan go with it. Or if Florida goes left, Pennsylvania and Michigan go with it every election since 1932. Except for in the safest and most secure election of all time in 2020. So once I saw this issue, which I've now diagnosed as electile dysfunction. That's my favorite. Should I define that? (laughs) I think they get it, Seth. Okay. No no definition necessary. All right. Some of you probably know the definition. But <laughs> once I saw that happen, I, I, knew that, I knew that Pennsylvania and Michigan would follow behind Florida. And what were we watching at that time? You had Trump ahead by 800,000 in Pennsylvania. You had five or 600,000 in Michigan. You had a narrower lead than that in a much smaller state, Wisconsin, but about 200,000 votes most of the night. Arizona got called. Why was it called? It's because Trump had already won Ohio, Iowa, North Carolina, Florida, and Texas. Arizona's the call. And there's your signal to stop the count in the rest of the states. And it wasn't just Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I saw the count stop in Virginia, Rhode Island, Minnesota. In Minnesota, the Secretary of State had come out and said, actually, the Attorney General had come out and said that they didn't have the votes to win the state at 345 in the afternoon on Election Day. And somehow, you know, Biden won by eight points. And I saw this happen, and I laid down for a while, couldn't sleep. And when I woke up, I saw that Michigan and Wisconsin were already off the board, completely off the board. And it took so long to call Pennsylvania and Georgia because Trump's leads were so big. And that was when I knew I had to get involved. I took a two-hour nap, and I woke up in a completely different world. Yeah, I saw Richard Barris, the People's Pundit, talking about the steal is going on in Wisconsin and Michigan right now. And I I knew that the election was completely in the tank. 
And I spent most of the next day feeling sorry for myself, feeling grieved about the future, and then I woke up on November the 5th feeling like I was baptized in fire. Yeah. I'm serious. And I reached out to a lot of Republican Party affiliates throughout the country. You know, I'm looking at Westmoreland County in Pennsylvania. I was getting away from the obvious cases where they're going to say this is a turnout thing. I'm looking at Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. I'm looking at Macomb County in Michigan. I'm looking at all kinds of smaller, middle-sized counties. And none of these folks could handle anything. Most of the leadership was already on vacation. There were state party chairs that went on vacation on November the 4th. You couldn't reach them on the phone. Correct. So nobody was available. Nobody was available. Nobody was available. So what did I do? I went through my contacts from the years before, and I started throwing out Hail Marys. And one of my Hail Marys was caught by General Flynn. And that was the time... That was the time in which I started writing affidavits for the election cases that, of course, were thrown out of courts. And why were they thrown out? Because of standing. Oh, you mean you, you came forward? My affidavits are included in the lawsuits in November But Brian Kemp hasn't seen any. Brian Kemp... Nobody came forward. Did you not see what he said? Could not lead a lemonade stand. <laughs> I could show you slides for Georgia. I could show you slides for Georgia that are so disturbing, you'd have to have a 62 IQ to not believe that there were issues in Georgia in 2020. Uh, that's probably about the IQ of the Reuters reporter who wrote the hit piece on you that ended up in you getting fired from the job you had when the election occurred, correct? So that's also part of my story. And I was listening to David backstage. And I, I don't like to put out a false sense of bravado. Uh, there's, there's... Why are so many people buying emergency food right now? As tensions continue to escalate, our fragile food supply chain will break again. One shocking headline spreads panic like wildfire and grocery stores are empty within hours. That means you really need a proper supply of emergency food on hand before, not after, before disaster strikes. You'll breathe easier knowing you can feed your family in any crisis. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com for your one-week emergency food supply. That's MyPatriot.com for your one-week emergency food supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of happy worry-free customers. It comes in a nifty ammo can that's loaded with delicious food. There's no skimping with these meals, offering over 2,000 calories per day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only on the one-week emergency food supply. This week only, 30 bucks off. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Action, action, action. Use your agency. Take advantage of this special. Okay, we're going to go back. We've been discussing in one second. I want to go to Calamity Jane Zirkel, who's with us here, about some of the social media, particularly one post that came up after Mike Lindell's speech. Jane, can you, uh, can Denver show it? And Jane, can you read it for us? Yes, so this tweet was put out by a self-described anti-disinformation activist where he describes Mike Lindell's motivation behind this summit as Christo-fascist motivations and insults him for saying that believers will go to heaven in end times and says that it is this mentality that ultimately drove the election denial and then resulted in January 6th. 
It is quite interesting what we've been seeing, but despite all that, most of the social media posts have been supportive of Mike Lindell. He has generated tons of support um, from conservatives, and people are tired of what they're seeing in their elections. They are for fair and free elections, and like he said, this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is an American issue. Jane, thank you so much. I want everybody, let's get this. If Captain Bannon and Grace can get that in the chat, I want everybody to read this of what they, they call us Christo-fascist. Let's go back to the main stage, Emerald Robinson interviewing Seth Keschel. And you're going to face opposition. So if you, if you have a small business, if you, if is anybody in the room perfect? So if any of you have any dirt, if any of you have a small business, if anybody uh, has, is running for public office, you're going to face opposition, but that's not really any different than the founders. There were 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. Five of them were captured and tortured by the British. Several others lost their own lives or lost sons in the American Revolution. Other ones had their homes burned. So there are p consequences for doing the right thing, unfortunately, this side of eternity. Well, we're certainly glad you did the right thing, Seth Cashel, and you're the person I, I go to when I just want to know the real trends and what they should be and what we're seeing. And, you know, we're always rooting for you. Good. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you and all of your work and everything that we're going to get done here in the next year and a half and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Captain Kay. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Mike Lindell. Well, well where do we even start with you, Mike Lindell? Well, I, I, can, I can start someplace you probably wouldn't realize. You know, back when I was, uh, you know, I was an addict, an ex Okay, just to get everybody up to date, we're at the Springfield Expo Center in Springfield, Missouri. This is the election summit put on by the Election Crime Bureau, Mike Lindell's creation. Throughout the next two days, you're going to have, first off, a complete update on where we stand with election fraud throughout the country. We're going to have speakers. We've got Ken Paxson. The, uh, t the, uh, the, we got, we got um, can we get quiet on the set? Um, the um, thanks. <laughs> it's crazy here in Springfield. Um, we've got uh, speakers throughout the day. We've got um, uh, then we're going to have a roll call of states. We're going to go through all 50 states, exact up to speed on what's happening. We've got um, we've got um, then Lou Dobbs is going to speak tonight. I'm going to do a special. Let's go back to the main stage and Mike Lindell. We'll be back in a moment. But one of the things that surprised me was there's 34 states had rules, uh, regulations, where you couldn't uh, counsel an addict unless you went to school for four years, uh, climbed six trees, swam the English Channel, all these things, right? And it was like, why would you have all these regulations? We want, you know, we want to hear from someone that's been there, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I'll put a plug for if you got anyone out there in addiction. I have the LindellRecoveryNetwork.org, and it's free. The LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. I set that up. I thought when I came, I thought that uh, that'd be my thing is to uh, go around and uh, you know speak at churches and evangelize and get addicts set free. And uh, boy, did that change. <laughs> you know, I was there for that. 
Huh? I was there for that at the White House. Oh, yeah. Were you there? Covering, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was covering and, the White House. And, you know, it's funny. The, uh, the, on that bill, we'll just tell you how, how um, our great real president, Donald Trump, common sense, you know, we're looking at politicians with problem, solution, and what will they manifest to? You know, common sense solutions. Well, one of the thing with that opiate bill, you had all these treatment centers fighting over, you know, you know, fighting over this money, and you're going, okay, um, gee, secular treatment centers have like a five percent uh, success rate, where your God faith-based treatment centers like Teen Challenge, Salvation Army, and others, they have over eighty-five percent. Okay. So they're sitting there in an argument, I, you know, everyone fighting over this. And I, I didn't see this firsthand, but I heard about it. So our president goes, well, let's just give the money to whoever has the best success rate. Well, yeah, basically, you gave all the money to Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was just a common sense. Why would you not give the money to the ones that, that work? It was such an easy solution, but they're all sitting there going, well, we want this, we want that. Okay, here you go. Then be good at what you do. That's simple, right? Yeah, that's so. it. And, and talking about your story, I remember the first time, I remember exactly where I was when I heard your story. And it was this amazing piece on CBS Sunday morning. And, you know, they do great human interest pieces. Right. And they, they came to your factory and told who oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. And it was a glowing portrayal yeah, of this yeah. man who just and goes was, out and helps people. Right. And that was CBS. CBS Sunday morning. Boy, how things change, right? <laughs> you know, and, they, uh, yeah, it's, and, and that story goes, you know, and, uh, you know, I was always in, um, I had, um, it's a long story to tell, but I was a functioning addict. You know, people assume addicts are, you know, on the street and out of money and, and uh, sitting out there. And, and that's not true. It doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. Addiction affects all of us. You can be functioning addicts. And for me, it was, um, you know, addiction mass pain. It gives you false courage. You know, if I would have ever imagined one of my biggest fears was speaking. By bar none. I can't even okay. imagine that now. And that, and that thing was, uh, God's got a sense of humor, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, you go, for me, when I wrote my book, and it took like seven years to write, but they, uh, one of the things I, it hit me once was I had fear of rejection. And you don't get rejected if you don't talk, right? And that's why, you know, for me, when, uh, um, my story, when I, you know, I invented my pillow in 2004, but I didn't quit crack until 2009. Wow. You know, people say, oh, you quit this and it's all, you know, perfect. No, it wasn't. It was like two horizontal tracks and uh, uh, things happened to me. Um, you know, the, uh, I put everything I had into this pillow and then I was turned down at all the box stores. That's come full circle. Um, and, uh, and they started doing home shows and fairs. Um, and they said, one of the stories here, they said, Mike, um, um, I was turned down everywhere. And they said, Mike, why don't you do a kiosk? I said, how do you spell that? And uh, so we go to do this kiosk, and, and my wife at the time, and, and we had four little kids, and we had to borrow money to do, this, to do this kiosk, right? Well, I couldn't do it there because I couldn't face people. You know, they come right up to you. Yeah. And it was something going, you know, it just it was out of my skin because I had to be straight, of course. And... Uh, and so I was maybe there two times at that um, at that booth. And the one time I was there, this guy come up and he said, do you have a business card? And I said, 
I'm all out. And I didn't have a business card, and I wrote down my number and a piece of paper, and he bought a pillow. And But we had only sold maybe 18 pillows that month and a half, so it put us another 15000 in debt. And uh, But that one guy that I had sold that pillow to, that one day I worked there, and he called me that January and said, are you the guy that invented this pillow? And by that time, I hadn't given up, but I didn't know where I was going to sell this. And he said, I said, yeah, in Minnesota here. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I, um, and this is the only guy I gave the phone number to. He says, well, I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show, and I save it for products that are new. And this pillow, this pillow is amazing, and it changed my life. He said, would you like to come in there with a booth? And I said, sure. And uh, can I give you a check? You can cash it after the show. No. Um, but they, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I go to do this show, and I change my booth. So And I put this table in front so people couldn't come in, you know, closer. And I could I put these bold claims up in the back, guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you ever own. And, but people came up to me, and I sold like 18 or 20 pillows that day, the most I had sold in a month and a half at the Kia, because I could talk and tell them about this, you know, passionately what this did, because I wanted to help them. Well, the next day, all 18 of them, not just 16, they all came back at different times and paid to get back in the show and say, um, they'd come up and go, this pillow changed my life. I wanted to come in and tell you this is amazing. I slept good and all this. And, and I'm going, and I felt so good on the inside and it wasn't about the money, it was that that had helped them. And I just, I, I kind of got addicted to that feeling, right? So then I could go out there and do these show after show after show. And in the meantime, my world's crumbling over here because of my addiction. And and uh, so I'm going to fast forward to, you know, that was a miracle there, though, that these people came in and said that to me because I almost, I almost got addicted to helping people there, right? <laughs> well, they, and uh, But I'm going to bring you up quick, real quick to 2008. I was, uh, I had been up for 14 days in the streets of Minneapolis and I was downtown at my one drug dealer's house. And I come out of the bedroom and all three of them are standing there. They, they knew of each other, but they had never met. These drug dealers all control parts of Minneapolis, right where all the fires were burnt out, you know, a few years ago. Well, um, anyway, I go, what are you guys doing? They go, you know each other? And they go, Mike, we're, you're, we're cutting you off. You, uh, um, and I go, you're cutting me off. I said, what is this, an intervention? They go, call it whatever you want, but we're cutting you off. And two of them left, and the one guy sat there, and the one, when I found out later, he had went down the streets and got the word out, right? So I had a few crack rocks left, and he, he's sitting in this chair, and he says, how much you have left? And I'm sitting there, and I'm smoking, I get run out of crack then, and I'm carpet farming and scraping the pipe, and, and, uh, you know, the laughers, you've been on crack, okay? <laughs> you know what carpet farming is, right? Um, so anyway, and I look over, and he had finally fell asleep. And I went down to the streets of Minneapolis, and I could not buy crack anywhere. It was 2.30 in the morning. And addicts, it's a lot of hard work when you're an addict because you're, you're, you know, hiding in it, you're trying to get it all the time. Well, I went everywhere and couldn't find it for an hour, and I came back upstairs defeated, and I... And he's standing there, and he looks at me, he goes, he goes, how'd that work out for you? And I'm all upset, and he goes, he goes, man, you've been telling us for years that you're going to quit this uh, this addiction, and you're going to come back and help us all someday get out of this uh, addictive world we, we're in. So, And I would always tell those guys that someday I'm going to quit, and I would be passionately tell them that, um, um, 
you know, that I was going to quit and come back. And then for me, it was always convincing myself, too, right? Well, I was their hope. And now I didn't quit that day. They got to get my book. It's another year before I quit. But two of those guys work for me now, and they're born again Christians and saved. And, and what spun out of that, and I'm going to bring you up to, so I had never, I had never voted whenever, and this gets to be the, the summer of 2000, or the, actually it was the spring of uh, 2015. And I had a dream that I was going to meet Donald Trump in a, very, in a, in a room, and it was a very vivid dream. And I, uh, and I said, you know, and I didn't know anything about it. I had never watched The Apprentice or anything, okay? I was, uh, and, uh, now remember, I quit crack in two, January 16, 2009. So we get up to 2006 or 15, and I had this dream. Well, then he came down the escalator, he's running for president. I go, I go, whoa, that, boy, if that dream come true, this would be pretty amazing. But I, but I never thought I, uh, I, I never thought that, you know, that this would come to fruition. Well, it did on January, or I mean on August 15th of 2016, and there's many miracles that led up to that, where all of a sudden he called me or he emailed me to meet him. And, well, I'll tell you that part, because that's kind of an amazing story in itself. So I'm, I kept thinking, I kept going back to that dream I had of meeting him, and now we go through 2015 and into 16, and these divine things kept happening, but I've never, you know, and I'm sitting there, it's in July of 2016, 16, and I'm on my, on a plane, and I'm going out to California to do a movie, uh, called Church People. And I'm on the plane, and I get up to, I've got this magazine about Donald Trump. It was a, it was a catalog kind of of his life or whatever I had bought at the, at, in the airport. And I get up to 10,000 feet, and I, I set my phone back then, you could, you know, you get internet. And yeah. so, it, and I had it set where it would ding if I got an email. And, uh, so I'm sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, I opened this thing, and I go, and I started praying. I go, God, if you know, I know I've seen this. If I'm supposed to meet Donald Trump, I said I need an answer. And all of a sudden, my phone dinged. It said, Mike, this is Donald Trump. Will you meet me in New York City? And I'm going, God. <laughs> Every day, the parallel economy grows bigger and bigger. It's powered by everyday Americans who are sick and tired of all the woke propaganda being jammed into every product they consume. Big mobile companies are no different. For years, they have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because you need a cell phone and probably thought there was no alternative, but there is. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offering defend- dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your phone. Keep your number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R. IOT, that's 878 Patriot. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. Remember, stop giving your money 
to people that don't support your values. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. <laughs> and that, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, um, almost in tears, going, I'm, I'm, it was a miracle there. And the guy next to me going, are you okay? The flight attendant's going, yes, it's a miracle. But, um, it, but, you, but it wasn't because I was going to meet Donald Trump. It's because I was answered in real time. Yeah. Does everyone get that? I mean, that was amazing. So I want to tell you quick, when I met him, that came to fruition on August 15th, 2016. And everybody told me, when you meet him, you're, gonna, you're not going to be alone like I've seen him. And you're not going to be alone. And, and uh, whatever you do, don't tell him you were a crack addict and, uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, and uh, stuff sure like that. There. So anyway, by a series of events, I walked into his office and it was just me. And he looked at me, he said, he says, Mike, you always wear your cross on TV. Are you a Christian? I said, yes, Mr. Trump, and this is a divine appointment. And I, about a minute into it, and, you know, he started to ask me about, you know, you make all your stuff here, the, you know, your pillows here and stuff. He says, how's that working? I want to bring the manufacturing back to the country. And, and I said, well, you know, Mr. President, I said, I used to be a crack addict. And I look at him like this, right? Well, he was a president. And I said, Mr. Trump, I said, I used to be a crack addict. I looked at his reaction, right? And, uh, and he, and I said, but I'm going to set this network up, the Lindell Recovery Network, and it's going to help millions of addicts for free. And he goes, and I'm going to stop the drugs pouring in and shut that border down for the drugs. But it was this conversation, right? And I left his office and I go, wow, if this is what, if this is what a president can be, he's going to be the greatest president in history. Well, I questioned his employees and, um, his employees all had the same thing to say. Great man, great president. Uh, all right, we'll make a great president, great leader. And he had done something for each one of them individually, personally. And I thought that amazed me. I'm going, this is, you know, I'm, I kept asking and asking on August 15th and 16th. Well, they, I get back to Minnesota, and, you know, I was the media's darling. I mean, they're darling. Mike, um, oh, your addiction, blah, blah, blah. How are you going to, you know, how many employees are you hiring today? And there'd be every CBS, it'd all be there, like, like you know, they like that. You. And... I got back and I said to my board, I said, you know, I said, I just, uh, I said, this, he's going to be amazing if that's, you know, I didn't know what it, you know, what it, what it should be. I never met a president. And, and, uh, so they go, no, Mike, if you do this, you're going to lose, if you do a press with it, you're going to lose half our company and we're going to be done. And I said, I went out in the hallway and I said, and, uh, my, I was mad. My CMO came out. She says, you know, we didn't get this far by you not listening to God. I went back to the board and said, we didn't get this far by me not listening to God. <laughs> I said, we're going to do that press release. So we do the press release. We do the press release. And you know what? I'm sitting there going, oh no, what, what happened? We, I was attacked. I was called a racist. A drug, they bring up a drug pass and all this, and I mean, they, but I already told everybody, you know, it's like nothing new. Well, so, but they attacked like never, and I thought it was all real, and then I find out later, it's attack hit jobs, bots and trolls and social media and emails. But yeah. the, but some of them were real, you know, these, and, uh, and I was just going, and, and wow, wow, maybe they're right, but I'm going, you know, I must be doing something right. And I pray God, you know, I knew to stay to the course through that. That was like my first test, right? And, um, but I guess the point being is what I've learned, and I think what we all learned is if you go up to the decisions that were made when our great president got in, 
Do, we know now more than ever that politics affects everything we everything. do. Like I said in my opening speech, we get up to December of 2009, Emerald, and everybody's worldly, you know, their worldly things had improved. Their life, their life has improved somewhat. Even if you started down here with no forks in the street, it still, you know, everything had kind of lifted here, right? Yeah. And, and those were because of decisions made by, um, a politician, our great president, which he doesn't like to call a politician, a great leader, making common sense decisions that would manifest to help all people, right? And you get that We're example. We're at the uh, and now election summit in Springfield, Missouri, at the Springfield Exposition Center. We're going to be here for the next two days. We're going to have the evening show back here from 5 to 7. Charlie Kirk follows us. Uh, Mo, uh, I had to get Captain Bannon over here to get quiet on the set. Good order and discipline. <laughs> by the U.S. Army. Um, by the way, we want to thank all the war and posses here. What we're trying to do is make sure we focus on the main stage. There's so much great information coming up. Mike Lindell up there just wrapping up now with uh, Emerald Robinson. We're going to toss it to Charlie Kirk in a second on Real America's Voice, two hours of populist nationalism, and then Jack Posobiec to follow. We'll be back here from 5 to 7, and right now we plan to start the show with the Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs is going to join me here in our Real America's Voice War Room set in the uh, in the conference center, and then uh, later tonight I'm going to host a, uh, a a panel discussion with General Mike Flynn and other luminaries in this uh, in the uh, Stop the Steal uh, movement. Um, Mo, uh, tell us. I want to make sure. So Charlie Kirk, we're going to toss to Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice, but also we want to make sure that our audience has the opportunity for continual coverage. So Grace Chong, Captain Bannon, Jane Zirkel are going to host a uh, going to host on Getter. How do people How do people get there? So if you go to the War Room Getter page, we will be streaming the summit live and the Savage Angels. And possibly Honey Badger will be in the live chat throughout the rest of the summit. I'll definitely dip in and out, I promise. But we will be hosting, and it will be shared on your page and the rest of our pages. But you go to War Room, Scatter page, and you'll be able to join the live chat with the rest of us. Okay, so once again, people go to the Getter War Room. To War Room's Getter page. Or you can page. go to my Getter. Or, or if you yeah. go to any of ours, mine, Grace. Jane, yours, it'll be linked to the one on the War Room page with that one live chat. Okay. Uh, Charlie Kirk's going to follow us on Real America's Voice for a couple hours, and then Jack Basova. Charlie, we were trying to get Charlie on this morning. He wrote an incredible piece that I've put up uh, about President Trump and the Republicans got to start uh, punching back. So this uh, summit has been outstanding so far, and it's gotten a lot of blowback from uh, from left-wing uh, social media, the bots and the trolls that we can... Imagine uh, Jane Zirkel's done such a great job of doing this. Okay, we're gonna, they're going to continue on with speakers. We're going to go together and, uh, and make sure everybody can, uh, can get there and watch the whole thing continually. Ken Paxson's going to talk. They have a couple of attorney generals that are going to be here. Uh, and people are very much focused on the, uh, the steal. This morning, an incredible film that has not been shown, a video that has not been shown since 2020 when, guess what, YouTube, Twitter, everybody took it down. So it was absolutely uh, outstanding. Mo, once again, I want to tell you, Jane Circle, and, uh, and Grace Chung, the Savage Angels are going to host continual coverage of this on Getter. How do people get there one more time? If you go to the War Room Getter page, it's at War Room. You will be able to join the live chat if you check 
your getter page at Steve Bannon, mine at Maureen underscore Bannon, Grace's or Jane's, you will be able to get to the War Room getter page to that stream and be able to join in the live chat with the Savage Angels and yourself. Uh, this afternoon, we're also going to try to go to uh, to Maui with Dr. Sean Rowland. He's uh, he's in Maui. We're going to try to get there. We do want to pick up as much from the stage as possible. And like I said, uh, later in the afternoon, I'll be up there with uh, Mike Flynn, and then Lou Dobbs is going to give an address. And then Lou Dobbs is going to do a one-on-one -on -one with Mike Lindell. So there's a lot going on here today. Today is where we get an assessment of where the country stands, state by state. They're going to do a roll call of states here this afternoon. It's one of the things you don't want to miss. And then tomorrow morning, Mike Lindell is going to put out the uh, going to put out the plan. I want to thank Real America's Voice. This has been uh, a fantastic setup. I really appreciate Rob Sig, Parker Sig, the entire team. Harry is back off the injured reserve list and is back with us. Uh, so watch out Springfield uh, tonight. So I'm sure Harry will be booming. Harry, thank you so much. Mo, you, Jane Zirkel, uh, Grace Chong, we're going to take it from here. Charlie Kirk, we're going to talk to Charlie Kirk. Uh, live uh, with his show, Jack Posobiec. We're going to be back here in our normal time, uh, 5 to 7 tonight. It'll be on fire. We're going to start right now uh, with uh, with uh, Lou Dobbs. Also may slip in Joe Allen's here for a book signing. Our dark and maybe get all that. want to thank everybody at Real America's Voice. We're going to toss to Charlie Kirk right now for the Charlie Kirk Show. We'll be back here this afternoon at 5. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Org. Veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. 
Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.